This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilley, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke Coach Walton. What up, Coach? What's up, John? How's it going, man? Uh, well, what's up is we evened the series last night with a 117-109 win over the Rockets after a tough game one. Uh, but how is the urban hellscape you're living in? The urban hellscape I'm living in is is smoky and hot as shit. And now down here, it is also smoky and hot as shit. We uh, we have some fires going, San Bernardino, some in San Diego. It is it's getting pretty bad out here. So yeah, I heard that the San Bernardino one was started by a gender reveal yep. party. Yep, that is one hell of a That's way. That's got to be the death of those. I'm sorry. Like I was already out on mm-hmm. on on the elaborate gender reveal events. Yep, this just needs to be the nail in that coffin. I'm in on that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. This is your uh, premier prenatal event planning podcast. Awful. All right, let's get into some Lakers. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank our followers and invite you to please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast app, Amazon Music slash Audible or wherever you get your pods. And if you're enjoying the pod, please share it with your friends and throw us a comment on iTunes. Um, and check us out on social media. Just go to www.LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. All right, let's talk some Lakers. Stupid. All right, let's reveal. do... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you, yeah, we got to it a little early. Let's uh, let's start with some in or out. So... Cool. Uh, Luke, um, in or out, the Lakers wore the Mamba jerseys too early in the series. Out. It was beautiful. Out. Explain yourself. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, wait, wait, can I actually, let me ask a more, a more specific follow-up question. Yeah. Can we wear them again in this series? I think so. I don't know if, what the rules are that the team set, but. No, no, no. I don't mean from yeah, a rules I mean, perspective. I not? just mean like, okay, you don't think that it loses its luster? No. No, I'd wear okay. them. I could wear them straight through, man. As long as we don't. So, in or out, wearing them every game for the rest of the playoffs. Every game except for game one in. Because apparently we don't play game ones. <laughs> don't disgrace Mamba with a game one like that. No, right, yeah. So I'm, I'm in games two through seven for the remainder of the playoffs to wear the Mamba jersey. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm out on this too. I'm really glad we wore them. I, I think there was part of me that was thinking like, Oh man, is this kind of like revealing our boss move like before the end of the fight? Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't actually work that way. Mm-hmm. We're just silly fans who think that this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, actually actually works that way. Um, so yeah, I, I would be down to see them wear it again. I think I, there is, I do feel like they the players do get up for them a little bit. I think yeah. there is like a little bit of hype that comes with it, and mm-hmm. maybe that leads to like them locking in a little sooner or something. I don't yeah. know. I, I wanted know. to I wanted to say this later. I know that I'm slowing down in or out, but this was this is what it's was okay. really special. This is the the highlight of the game and probably the highlight of the playoffs, maybe the highlight of the year for me was LeBron icing the game in the fourth quarter with a turnaround fall away one-footed jumper in the key to to seal it. And having him hit a Kobe type shot wearing the Kobe jersey with uh, Gigi's number patch on there to ice the game it was just like in the playoffs against a team that you know a lot of people were saying the lakers can't beat it was just one of those moments it was like i don't know serendipitous man it was it was cool that's why i'm so in on those jerseys last night is that was a must win i think that was a statement game again just like game two was for the last series and having that statement made with the best player in the world unquestionably best in or out LeBron is the best player in the world in the playoffs. Uh, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no question. 
like Giannis, you lost your card, man. You lost your man yeah. card. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I hate. To, I mean, I guess he hurt his ankles, so we don't totally know what this game would have been. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think we were texting with Alex, and he he made a fair point, but I still don't think it counts. I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. Which is that like he he is out of position naturally. Mm-hmm. Like he is he should be a center, and he's being asked to play like a more of a perimeter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like that's why he won MVP. He wouldn't have won MVP if he had just played center. Absolutely. He, he won MVP because he's a center who plays point guard. Yep. So like you can't like do that to get the award, but then also point at that and be like, well, this is why, you know, in certain situations it's not. It's like, no, you're the player you are and and you gotta you gotta ride the highs with that and you also have to take responsibility for the lows. Absolutely. And, and also Jimmy Butler is just a maniac. Yeah, he is, man. He's playing out of his mind. I, could you imagine? If I, I bet you like he a, like geez. eats the bones when he eats like ribs yeah, and chicken sure. wings and for stuff, sure. you know, like totally. he's just a, like a madman. Yeah. Love it. And Tyler Hero is legit, man. So, yeah, that, not not to not to like disrespect the heat by taking that away from them. They're clearly the ones that are winning. But I think that it's revealed the last two playoffs have revealed something about Giannis, at least where he's at in his career. I don't want it like he has the potential to get into that goat tier player, but he's not there yet. And the playoffs are where, you know, the legacies are forged and he's failed pretty miserably in a, in like a very spotlit kind of way. Um, and yeah, it doesn't look good. Well, and I think on the last pod, we talked about the coaches being one of the strengths of the East and, and mm-hmm. Mike Budenholzer being one of the weak, being the weak link left, right? Mm-hmm. Being the one that we weren't really sure about. I, I do think some of like, not some of this, I think a lot of this is actually his fault and Giannis mm-hmm. is taking the blame for it, yep. right? Because... The reality is, like, he hasn't really played MVP minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. Which fair. is not his fault. That's mm-hmm. not, like, he does not control how many minutes he plays, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. And so I do think some of this is, like, his coach is, like, really setting him up to look bad. Because, mm-hmm. you know, now he's just getting roasted on on Twitter for, like, only playing, like, 30-something minutes yeah. in a in a important playoff game, you know? That's why he needs to leave that team. He needs to get the hell out of that franchise. I agree. You know what's uh, interesting is I had thought for a while, just personally, and I had heard some some you know rumors that the Heat were his like preferred mm-hmm. destination. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like getting gentlemen swept is what will probably happen in pretty embarrassing fashion uh, changes that at all. I mean, it's not a good look, Kevin Durant. No. You know. <laughs> yeah. Torpedo. Yeah, I mean it didn't it didn't it didn't dissuade KD, but 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 it I did, wonder if it but would it, but it did color KD's career. Like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. K, KD was the best player in the league, in my opinion, for at least a year, even over LeBron. And no like he didn't get that yeah, kind of respect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well and know. that's why he's now left the Warriors, because he right. that's what he was looking for and yeah. he didn't get it. I know. And I don't know if he's gonna get it on the Nets either. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of torpedoed his career in one way and built his legacy in another. And I, I don't know if Giannis is going to try and make that same mistake. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. he basically said, hey, um, I wasn't considered the best player in the NBA when I was playing with like the most selfless point guard who is like the nicest dude in the world mm-hmm. who in Steph, who mm-hmm. literally when I came here said like, this is your team, you're number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set you up. 
right? Right. Like he went he went to play with like one of the greatest wingmen in the history of sure. the NBA now, basically, sure. and has now opted to go play with one of the like the antithesis of that, basically. Yeah. yeah. The guy who will take all the credit and claim that it was for some bizarro crystal reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I don't get why he thinks the result's going to be better in with that teammate than with the one he had, but yeah, I don't either. Uh, hey, all, he's got to live his life, I guess. All I can say is that coming to the Lakers cures all wounds. <laughs> so if, if Giannis really wants to become a goat tier player, you know who he needs to line up against. You know, he needs he needs to have Anthony Davis. The, the on, West in the, uh, in, yeah. the, in the in the in the playoffs. Yeah. He needs to line up against the Western the West teams in the playoffs. And and it'd be a lot easier to do that if you had. You know, one of the best point guard, the best point guard in probably history. So, like, you know, with Magic and LeBron and, you know, another seven footer who can handle the ball in the other wing. You know, we don't need wings. Just get two centers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, how about this? In or out, uh, Giannis losing in the way that he did this year helps set up Rob Palenka's pitch to Giannis for the Lakers in two years. You think Uh, that that was a net? net gain for us i mean i well one i don't know if it will be two years from now i think it could be this year because mm-hmm. he could say i want out yeah. i'm done i don't know what um, you trade for him though could be an anthony another anthony davis situation totally um but i think that it helps every gm's yeah pitch yeah for sure you know as, at least any gm that can point to a, like a winning team mm-hmm. and like a winning culture yep the culture and the team uh, the coach <laughs> There's a lot. Okay, cool. Let's the, get the back. one that yeah. the one that's sorry, just really quick. Yeah, the go, one go, that go. spooks the one that really spooks me. Yeah, it's not the Warriors. Oh no, because they'll be they'll be good next year no yep. matter what. It's the age. one that really spooks me. Uh-huh. Spurs. Spurs. Oh yeah, 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 I could see that. I don't. I don't know how they could get it done. I don't know anything about uh-huh. the money there, or, or or if there's any feasible way. Uh-huh. But if you want to talk about a great coach mm-hmm. and a winning culture. Mm-hmm. And a GM that knows how to get things done, mm-hmm. like that's the Spurs. Yeah, you know that's a good point. Uh, and uh, that that would be, I think that would actually be my worst case scenario. Yeah, if he goes to the Spurs, even and over we get another decade of Spurs dominance, even over Celtics. Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, because because again, the the, the deal there is like yeah. we don't have to play the Celtics until every, the finals. Every, that's a good point. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of things that could knock them out of contention before you yes. get cross that bridge if, if you had Giannis on the Spurs you'd have to go through him every single year that's a good yes. point I get that yeah that would be Western yeah. Conference I'd, I'd rather he ever. stay in the East is my is my strong preference yeah or come to the Lakers yeah or come to the Lakers <laughs> all right anyway um, play, uh, in or out playoff Rondo yeah that was our first one um uh so I'm mixed on this because we actually we've seen two games yeah and we saw <laughs> tale of two cities man we saw slipping and sliding in his fresh new LeBron's game one Rondo. And then game two, we saw Cornrow Rondo in the Kobe one Protros. So I'm in on Cornrow Rondo, right? The Rondo we saw last night. Yeah. He can play 25 minutes a game in every playoff game if he wants. For sure. The Rondo we saw in game one, get the fuck out. <laughs> totally. Like that was the guy that I have been complaining about yeah. all season long. Being like, man. why are we playing so many minutes? Why is he playing so many minutes? I I I do have to say, in this last game, his focus was 
completely there, which we've only seen from Rondo in a Laker jersey like three times, maybe that one Celtics game, you know, the one Rockets game when he got ejected. Right. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely (laughs) I'm definitely feeling like at least in terms of focus, playoff Rondo is a thing. But in terms of ability to execute, it isn't Um, this last game being a great exception. But I don't want to risk it. I feel like more times like, you know, seven times out of 10, I don't think we're going to like the results of having him play 25 minutes. Here's my here's my bigger point. I don't think that he did anything that actually swung the game last night. Mm, Some of those steals, man, those are pretty. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, fine. In, in a couple micro places. Yes. Like he made a, he made a play, but, but my point was that like, I actually think that had the, you know, had, Mm -hmm. had you had a similar lineup, but without him, Mm -hmm. because really most of that plus 28 came in the second quarter Mm -hmm. when PJ Tucker was on the bench. Right. And when Markeith was cooking. Yeah. And, Look, we've talked about this before, but like, like he just gets credit for everything. You're right. You're right. Like you have like to Kyrie. watch the national broadcast now, right? Right. There were literally two possessions in a row Dude. where he, 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 yeah. he ran, he ran the ball, right? He, he, he brought the ball up and then literally just handed it to Markeith who was standing next to him mm-hmm. who shot a three, mm-hmm. right? So like, I, yeah, I guess it was good that rondo brought the ball up and handed it to markeith uh-huh. but you got mark jackson out here yeah talking like magic johnson just landed a between the legs bounce pass yep through the key yep to an open man on the other side of the court it was a that no one else could have seen it was like either of us could have handed the ball to the better I, shooter I know. standing two feet from us totally so that doesn't i'm not trying to take away from rondo no he still he did that he yeah. he gets the the tick mark for the assist in the box score mm-hmm but let's not act like he walked on water in that moment. No, no, no. no. I, what I was impressed with most was him on the defensive end. And it, like he he did a good job in being the roamer. And I credit to Vogel for uh, like scheming that way because Rondo can't stay in front of anybody. He can't yeah, play one on one defense, but he is smart. He can jump passing lanes and he's got quick hands and a really long wingspan. And so it's like, OK, yes. great. I can see all of that working moving forward especially if we're doing the little things like you saw how they switched in between zone and man on individual possessions like little shit like that okay okay i get i get how rondo could have value in those situations Um, look i loved his pressure on harden full court yeah totally so i I that was great i think the real credit is to vogel like not not to completely shit on rondo but like i think that vogel created a situation where rondo could succeed in this game and i think that the team executed around him in order to create those conditions and so credit to everybody uh, including rondo but i i really think that vogel was the was the key to that adjustment um yeah so, i agree yeah. i mean it we got the execution and we got the dedication out of rondo that we've been lacking basically right which is like kind of bullshit because like you should expect that from every player but you know yeah so it's that, like cool yeah. if if if, if you're going to do that every night, then I'm in on this Rondo. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, I just don't want it to play too many. I, I'm still happier with like 15 minutes a game. I think that that's kind of a sweet spot. I, we do need some things out of him. I don't think that we're better without him or anything like that. I know that some people do. I think that we're, I would rather not have Rondo than have him play 30 minutes. Um, I feel that. I, I agree with that still. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I want to just yeah. real quick, if, yeah. if anyone subscribes to The Athletic, there's an article this that came out late last night from Anthony Slater 
<laughs> called uh, the key to game two. Rajon Rondo outplays Russell Westbrook as Lakers tie series. Um, and I think it really hits on a lot of what we're saying here. And, and, mm-hmm. and that basically what it came down to was that like both of these guys bricked threes, mm-hmm. but Rondo's intangibles in the other moments of the game elevated his play and, and, and made it a net positive. Yeah. And Westbrook's didn't. And that's what made the difference. Right. So that, I think that's what we're talking about is that like mm-hmm. when Rondo actually does the things that people love on Rondo for doing, mm-hmm. he can be on the floor. Absolutely. And, and if everyone else around him is making up for his weaknesses, cause they are huge. Yeah. There's a reason why Rondo is making $190 million less than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Although so, maybe he shouldn't be. Yeah, I know he shouldn't. It shouldn't be that desperate, disparate. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, we we don't we don't want to rely on him as a live no. or die situation like the Rockets no. are on West, Westbrook. No, um, not at all. But I, I did like what I what I saw. I I am I I I I'm a believer in playoff Rondo insofar as that means Rondo shows up to play. That means he tries. <laughs> he yeah. Tries. So I'm a yeah. believer in that. Okay. Um, all right, how about this? In or out, uh, PJ Tucker should be inducted uh, as a member of our all-time most hated Rockets. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And also because of what the um, color commentators are saying. Um, oh, uh, God, 100%. Jesus. Uh, can you imagine, no. can you imagine, just for a moment, being a professional television producer? Mm-hmm sitting down at a table to talk about the narratives for this game, mm-hmm. a game in which you have LeBron James, greatest player in the NBA right now, yep. at least in the playoffs, yep. Anthony Davis, right? Like at least top 10 guy mm-hmm. uh, who also like need, needs to sign a contract this season, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's out there. It's a big deal. Um, James Harden, a perennial MVP candidate, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Westbrook, who is an absolute madman and is massively overpaid, mm-hmm. right? You've got all those guys on the court playing basketball, and you, the television producer, say, our A story is P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, give the yeah. guy credit. He, yeah, he's course. an important part of their team, but Definitely. like, it was literally like the P.J. Tucker podcast in the yeah. middle of the game. Yeah. I, and it, it was so funny because Mark Jackson was saying throwing bullshit out like the Lakers just can't contend with their physicality they just cannot stop this Rockets offense and then literally like because he was saying that after that amazing third quarter which we'll get into a little bit more and then in the fourth quarter you know what we just started we started to stop their offense <laughs> and yeah. so as soon as he said that it was like defensive stop defensive stop defensive stop and I was like there thanks thanks Mark Jackson for making such a declarative statement of the the rocket the Rockets physicality just the Lakers just can't contend with it it's such a stupid statement to make it just doesn't, know. It doesn't pass any level of muster. It's crazy, man. Well, also, also like, like Anthony Davis is not Zach Randolph. Yeah, I know. I he know. just pulls up and shoots over him. Yeah. And Mark Jackson is out here sound, sounding like Paul George being like, it's a bad shot. I know. When in fact, it's not it's for not, Anthony Davis. For, for him, it's a wide open mid-range jumper, and he's one of the most efficient in the playoffs at shooting that. So like, yeah, I he, take that he hits any it at day, like sixty percent or something. Like it's I, it's. I take that any day. So it, it's frustrating for us stylistically because I yeah. think we want a big man to just like beat down PJ Tucker and yeah. dunk over him. For sure. But like, if Anthony Davis is going to hit these jumpers at a sixty percent clip over okay. like the shorter PJ Tucker, like take it, go for it, take that shot. The the only so, thing that I'm really frustrated by is PJ keeps being so he's on the weak side corner, 
for the corner three. Oh, he just crashes in. He just in. crashes in over like three Lakers players. That's got to got to change like yeah. and I, I think that that's what's getting them so much of this love is you know he's he's exploiting everybody's eyes are on Harden who has the ball he sneaks in uses his ass and gets a rebound and a putback and those hurt those hurt but like those can be fixed we can tool against that i just just keep an eye yeah. or a hand on pj tucker when he's in the corner you know and like who's box him out back there you know like, i know and i kind of think we could probably get some like some like loose ball fouls on him oh most definitely because he's, he's like some he's, over the backs dude he's swiping at people so much like he's hitting he's getting so much forearm the refs just aren't calling it all you have to do is get better position and yeah that guy's yeah. going to be trying to swim move and do all these little things that if you're bigger you're you know he's a strong guy but like if you have better position i feel like the refs are gonna be forced to call that um so totally and, and yeah. him him getting into early foul trouble was the key to our our run totally. last night totally. that's when it started Huge. it started it when he left the floor and yep. then we just went off. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But totally. just real quick, who are your other most hated Rockets? Of all time? Yeah. Uh, or at least like of our lifetime. Of our, yeah. Uh, well, my, my favorite before was Ron Artest, before he joined the Lakers. Oh, he's on my list of most hated Rockets. Yeah, yeah. As a yeah. Rocket, I really hated him, especially the way that he got into Kobe, Kobe's face. And, uh, and you know, uh, like I thought that... Kobe obviously got the better of him, but yeah, he's for sure on my, on my list. Most hated rockets. It's hard. Cause there's some that like, I can't, you know, like I can't like hate Yao Ming. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like a pleasant man. Um, right, I'll, I'll give you mine. It's, Shane it's, it's basically that whole team. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's Ron Artest. It's Shane Battier. It's yeah. Luis Scola. Oh yes. Yeah, and it's Gor- and, sure. it's, and it's Goran Dragic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Cause he totally. like torched the machine right in like a Serb V Serb. Uh huh. Like little tête-à-tête in the middle of a playoff game. Yeah, totally. Totally. <clears throat> it's different, though. Yeah, like in terms of like personality, I feel like Scola and uh, Artest were at the top for me at that time. Yeah. Of just like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, because Scola was like a like poor man's Paul George, uh, Paul Gasol. Yeah, 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 totally. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, damn it, how is this less? <laughs> Less athletic, like with guy with better facial hair. <laughs> yeah, no, there there are just a few players like like on the on the Mavericks. It's my blood still boils when I see JJ Barea play. Oh, God. you know, like there's just some players. I mean, Harden is the number one though. Like when when Ron yes. Artest elbowed oh, yes. Harden in the in the face that the people's elbow. Like I got I got. <laughs> I've watched that too many times. I take pleasure from it every single time, and it's that's wrong. It's wrong of me. I, I, I'm not as good of a person as I like to think I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't believe I forgot to say James Harden. James Harden is definitely on there. Um, he, he tops uh, it for me. He tops. Speaking it. of which, because he, he this, ruins basketball. <laughs> this is my ne- this is literally my next in or out. James Harden is the most annoying player in the NBA, and in and I history. I rewrote this in a P, in a PG way because I had it written in a pretty R rated way. <laughs> In the history. first time I wrote this out in history, because it's it, it's it's effective. What he does is effective. I just hate it. It's like yeah. it's like the way that he complains, the way that he baits people into fouls, and then complains on the other end when somebody does it back to him. Yes. Oh God. Yes. It's just all of these little things. It's like okay, man, if you're gonna exploit the loopholes in the game, understand that these loopholes have now been exposed, and they're gonna be used against and open you. Open for well. everybody. And if you sh- if you score more free throws than field goals, it's like clearly you are a player that is using 
the referees to play eight on five. Yeah. That's how he plays. And that like, and I feel like it diminishes his greatness because he's obviously a great player. He's a great shooter. He's a great passer. He's, he's really great. Yeah. Do you remember those early seasons when he was getting like 15 dimes a game? Oh yeah. Oh totally. No, he's, he lost that, which sucks. Yeah. He's amazing. And that's, that's, that's part of the problem is that he like, I don't know. It's like seeing, seeing somebody just, I don't know. It's like Coldplay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're pretty good musicians, pretty good writers. But then like eventually you just are like, I'm just really EDM. Yeah. Mixes. I'm, I'm just in it for the EDM collabs, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can, can I ask you as a, as a, as a, as a pseudo basketball coach? Yeah. Right. Play I'm more the analyst, right? You, you got to give me the, the, the coach's angle yep. here. My understanding is that is that from a pretty young age, uh, there is a fundamental that is taught to players, which is like to keep the ball high. Yeah. Like like when tr- at least when trying to score. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's this this notion of like if you get a rebound, you keep it up. Yep. Right. Because right. you don't want to bring it down because then guys yep. can swipe down it. Right. And you see Dwight do this all the time and it drives you crazy. Oh, for sure. He takes right? those little rhythm dribbles. And yeah. And that same things, same thing, like when you're driving to the basket like you don't want to show the ball like you you don't want to let the defender know where it's coming from correct right and you keep it tight until the very last second when then you make your move right so that a savvy defender can't can't block your shot easily mm-hmm. when i watch james harden and it's credit to him but he literally does the thing that kids are coached not to do and mm-hmm. in all professions you get to a point where you can start to break rules because yep. you're good enough and you can break those fundamental rules mm-hmm. but he literally like says hey everybody here's mm-hmm. the ball between my knees mm-hmm. and i'm going to bring it up and like you already have your arm extended mm-hmm. and i'm just going to raise my arms up into your already extended arm yep and not a shooting motion but they'll call it a shot they, like they call it a shooting motion and it drives me crazy it's it, like he, he, he it's, he's not like scooping from the floor <laughs> right yeah it's not a scoop shot that but that's what it always looks like it's like Sometimes his hands aren't even positioned like anywhere near being able to like direct the ball towards the rim. Like he'll scoop like towards the to the, the side, the side. And yeah. they call that a shot. Yeah. And that's crazy because it's like, how do you shoot like that? Like, how, how do you how do you swing it over your right shoulder and then just chuck it forward? Like, that, yeah. I don't know. That That's what that's what really frustrates me is that he he just knows at the same time, like I get this, this is, it's, it's hard because there's, there's gotta be nuance here. Like part of being an all-star part of being a veteran is understanding where the refs are, what they're able to see and giving them what they expect to see. Everybody does that. That's a, just a savvy vet thing. Dwight does that really well. Yeah. We've literally talked on the pod about Dwight doing exactly that. Yep. And you get away with those little Jersey tug, those little things, but it's, it's somehow it's more offensive when it's on offense. (laughs) <laughs> like, like when, well i think it's also frustrating the league hasn't done anything about it yes and it's and it's like we've seen yeah. the league disallow the 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 offhand forearm mm-hmm. shove mm-hmm. right right like like you know on offense guys basically used to stiff arm their defender and then pull up yeah right they've said hey you can't do that anymore yeah well i don't under and, and that has been like to the negative impact of many offensive players. LeBron gets Definitely. way more offensive fouls yeah. than he used to. Definitely. Because he used to just be able to put his forearm into guys right. and no one would call it. Right. Right. He gets like probably two offensive fouls a game that he used to not get. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why the league won't do something to basically say, hey, James, we'll give it to you if it's a real shot. But like you can't do these. Because yeah. at least like 
the thing that this reminds me of is is like the Kobe foul. Mm-hmm. It's like the hard pump fake. Yeah. The guy jumps and you jump into him. The difference mm-hmm. was Kobe shot the basketball every single and time he, he did that. And he made a lot of those. And he, he made a lot of them. Yeah. Like, that's the difference to me, yeah. right? Is that like, you may think that that's a gimmick, mm-hmm. but that was a shot that Kobe took a lot. And he yeah. actually took it and hit them. Yeah. James Harden doesn't even intend to shoot the basketball exactly. most of the time. That he exactly. He's not he even pointed anywhere. Yeah, he's not pointed anywhere near the rim. I know. And and like, like it's again, it's a fine line. I understand they've been calling really, really like accurately and consistently. If you're jumping under a shooter in the act of shooting, that's a foul. Even if you don't really hit him, if you're if you're landing in their kind of airspace in, in the body. landing space, yes. Yeah. And I know that's okay. I understand that that helps prevent injuries. That they they would do that to Kobe a lot, where they throw a, a leg under Kobe so he'd try and sprain his ankle, and he did sometimes. Jalen Rose has admitted to doing this on purpose, and he still has a job. <laughs> it's just on ESPN, though. He's he's, I he's doubt, not part of the. I doubt the mouse, group. man. I doubt the mouse. There's some <laughs> shady stuff going on there, Mark, Fire um, Mark Jackson. <laughs> all right next one um so javelle came out with a ankle injury yeah which was kind of a little like not the ankle injury wasn't funny the way they mm-hmm. reported it was funny which was mm-hmm. like guys uh javelle mcgee is not available to return for the remainder of this game due with an due to an ankle injury is like this that guy wasn't coming back in this game no, <laughs> like, no. he played his eight minutes in exactly. the start of the third quarter and yes yeah, that's it was out this, his night was over yeah. um but if he can't play let's say mm-hmm. that this actually is serious mm-hmm. Um, in or out, the Lakers should start AD at center. And I'm going to also ask this a little differently, mm-hmm. which is like a corollary to this, which is like mm-hmm. Dwight really shouldn't play in the rest of this series. Mm. I don't, I think that there's actually value for Dwight. It depends on the situation. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I, yeah, I, I would agree that Dwight shouldn't start in that situation. I actually like your, your idea of having Keith start on this team. I, I, I think that that, mm. That would make sense to move Keith into the starting lineup and have AD play center. Because I really like those lineups this game. Um, I think that you know he he deserves a little bit more burn, and they're they're going to respect his shot more now after he he lit fire. So I think he'll he'll provide some spacing, and he's a he's a big body that's not afraid to get into guys. So um, I I think giving him thirty minutes would be a smart move if if Javale's not there. I think he should eat those can, minutes. Can I ask you? Uh, like, what is the role for for Dwight? Because I I, I agree yep. that I think that there is one. Mm-hmm. But like, what do you think that that is? Rebounder, rebounder. Yeah, and butt screens. Yeah, to me, it's it's him, LeBron, and then whoever our three hottest shooters are that night. Yeah, and then you basically say like, go get fouls on PJ Tucker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, and fight, fight with them down low, get position and set those little, you know what I'm talking about? Like where, where it's kind of like you're boxing out a player before the shot actually happens. So oh, that LeBron oh, yeah, has, yeah, a, yeah. has a driving lane. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, just, yeah. He like, seals, he basically seals the driving lane. Yeah. It's the, like, the, a, yeah, yeah. it's like a linebacker kind of yeah. move or, or you know, it's like a lineman kind of move. Like it's, it's when he releases back. off the screen, he then runs down the lane and seals off the help defender exactly. so that lebron has a clear yeah exactly. and it's I, beautiful I, I, but I, I think that there's a lot of room for that especially if we're saying hey you know dwight if you foul out <laughs> no big deal you know yeah. just like yeah. just go try those little things um i i would be worried about yeah i would be worried about 
rhythm potentially but you know especially feeling out how the how the refs are calling the game if they're not calling as much especially inside which they haven't been i've been thinking yeah. i mean they are really whistle happy on the perimeter uh but in, inside i feel like both teams are getting a lot of no calls on some contact when people are driving and so i i've I think that that's Dwight's role, and I, I was a little sad not to see him, but at the same time, I got it. Just because of how Keefe was playing, I feel like Keefe yeah. swallowed all of Dwight's time. Yeah, I think Vogel has said as much, that he, he was very much planning to play Dwight, and then Mark mm-hmm. Keefe just was so hot that he, yeah. he just let him let him ride. Totally. I, I could I, I would have seen been happy to see more Mark Keefe. I felt like he sat a little early. He was, he was the hot hand. I kind of agree, yeah. I was like, dude, Keith, yeah, I kind of agree. Why are you sitting? Like, I don't know. It's, it's not like you'd have to protect Keefe, like... Like, like Vogel it's not, can be yeah. a little dogmatic at times. Yeah, yeah, he uh, can with his lineups and with his rotations. Uh, and like at the same time, I get it because then players kind of like are able to mentally gear up. Like, okay, here comes my time. And like, I like that a little bit. But at the same time, when you know when somebody just fired off three threes like in a row, and they're not normally that player, it's like man, just keep getting that guy some burn. Don't don't let that cool yeah. off. That that's my take at yeah. least. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm 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 in on what you said. I think that uh I like Look, I I love when Anthony Davis plays center for us. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that being an adjustment after a few minutes. Mhm. I think it I think it keeps the other team on their toes and I don't think people talk about that often enough that ha- having to scheme and and like switch your head from two seven-footers crashing the boards to, you know, this more motion offense five out kind of, you know, it I feel like it keeps you on your toes, just like what we were doing on defense, switching in between the zone and the man. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was a great, savvy adjustment by the coaching staff. And um, it worked, in my opinion. Not in the third, but it worked every other quarter. <laughs> um, all right, last last in or out. Uh, in or out, Nike should not allow players to wear shoes in games that are not available to purchase to the public or about to be released for purchase to the public. Ought. Ought not, but I get it. Like, I, I, I get it. it. I know, I hate it too. I hate it too. It's stupid. But it, like, what value does it create to Nike to have Anthony Davis wearing a pair of shoes we're talking that about I it. cannot buy? We're talking about it. But that doesn't move That's anything true. for Nike. That's true. That's a good point. I'm not going to go buy some other pair of shoes because like, Are they you know what I'm saying? Are they scalping their own shit? Like, do they... <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, maybe they're buying it and reselling it themselves. It, it, it is so baffling. Well, the, the thing is, it's like you pay these guys yeah. millions of dollars to sell shoes and to sell jerseys, right? Like, like you sign a shoe deal so that kids see that player and say, I want to be like AD or I want to be like Steph or I want to be like LeBron or I want to be like Tucker. Harden. I want to be like PJ Tucker. <laughs> And you go and you buy their shoes because you love that player and you want to play like them. Mm-hmm. But when you can't go buy the, the shoes, like what is the value for, for Nike? And I'm seeing out Nike because they're the only one that really does this this yeah. way. Yeah. What is the value? And like, they're clearly featuring these, these Kobe's. Right. They're making them widely available to all of their athletes. And I, I it just blows my mind. So sorry, I needed to vent about it for no, a second. No, dude, I get it. I get it. And it's, it is frustrating because it's like, it it makes me feel inferior. Yeah. Like, like you can't get these. It's just like the freaking COVID test, man. Like when they're like, yeah, we took a rapid test and we saw the president. How long did it take to get his results? About four minutes. It's like, oh, great. 
when can we get those? Mm, you can't. Yeah. It'll what? take three to ten business days. <laughs> just is weird. This country's kind of weird. And I feel like Nike is typifying some of that where it's like there are these walls that are built for the haves and the have nots. And they are so obvious this year. It's like we don't need well, another one. We don't need another those one. Those walls are also pretty high because like. Yeah. Like. I'm a college graduate who has had plenty of privilege and works at a pretty big name company like for for those walls to be higher than I can reach to buy a pair of shoes. That's a stupid high wall. <laughs> yeah. And like I've checked all those privilege boxes to to be able to to buy that shit and I can't buy it. So who can? I don't get it. You have to be a reality TV star is what it comes down to. And I'm not a reality TV star. That's that bo- that's one of my boxes of privilege I have not yet checked. We need to change that, John. I got to I got to get on the challenge or something. I don't know. Yep. And yep. then maybe I can finally get my 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 shoes. All right, let's enough on this. Um so I want to I want to just recap a couple takes. Mm-hmm. So, um I want to give you a ton of credit. Hmm. Why? Because you said in the last pod, you said if we can get them in the air, and, and specifically, you were talking about PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. You said, and I quote, our dunks will be epic. <laughs> and they have been. And they have been. You nailed this one. <laughs> Thanks. We got PJ Tucker into early foul trouble, and then we got Russ into late foul trouble. And the result was some of the most epic LeBron dunks. <laughs> totally. That we've had all season. <laughs> yeah, I was yelling, man. I was you, so hyped. That's well, my things, man. The, yeah. look, man. Kudos to AC. Like, yeah, he knows who pays his checks. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Dude, like those two on one like, fast breaks. Oh, thing of beauty. They, the lane was open. He could have just taken <laughs> it in and laid it up, but he knows, right? He's like this man, LeBron, right here is the reason that, like, you know, mm-hmm. I get any endorsement that I do. <laughs> totally. So here it is, big dog. Eat. Because <laughs> he had that one highlight. Do you remember that one highlight where? You know, like LeBron was ready for the 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 D Wade style lob, and he took it himself. Yes, and like yes. Dwight is jumping back there too. <laughs> you know that he watched. I was like, not doing that again. I oh, can't do yeah. that again. I bet you LeBron went to him and was like, "That was your one." <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody gets <laughs> don't do one. that shit. You get one a year. Don't do that again. <laughs> so, so. Um, the other thing. Okay, so I want to. Uh, I, I said I was going to be watching a stat, so I want to mm-hmm. report back on that stat. Yes. Which was I said that I was going to be watching Alex Crusoe's three-point shooting, and I thought it would be a key to the series. Mm-hmm. He's currently two of seven in the series. <laughs> you know. Which is 28.5%. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if this means that I was right or wrong, because like we're one and we're one and one in the series and not mm-hmm. 2-0. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, KCP is also two of seven. Yeah. Which Danny, is tough. Danny However. Green, Danny Grease would look a little better. Yep. Five of 13. Yeah, yep. he's 38.4%. Yep. And Markeef is really throwing off our averages because <laughs> yeah. he's currently 66 repeating. <laughs> Hell yeah. Percent. Um, so good. Uh, like I, our shooting percentage last night was like 40 something. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that it was 40 something, it was uh, 44.4%. The only reason was because Markeef was yeah. at 66%. Yeah. The rest oh, of the team fire. shot like high 20s, low 30s. Right. Um. Danny Green had a good night, but mm-hmm. um, so yeah, anyways, just wanted to, since we talked about it, I wanted to cover off on that a little Very bit. Good. Very good. Um, 
So, Luke, do you want to run through kind of like mm-hmm. what last night's game meant thinking about kind of the Rockets and what yeah. we saw from them? Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that there's there's something really cool to be said about this game because the Rockets didn't suck. Russell Westbrook did. Russell but, Westbrook sucked. But the, the Rockets as a whole, like I, I thought that this was a, a good game for them, and I think the stats bear that out. Let me let me run you through a, a few things. So this tonight or last night was uh Houston's first loss when they were shooting forty percent or better from three. So previously they had won sixteen games this season when they were shooting over forty percent from three. And like that's that's a hell of a clip, especially for a team how many how many threes did they shoot? Like fifty two? Yeah, it's freaking I think ridiculous, so. man. Could you imagine? Like, I I've gone to the gym and I've shot like fifty threes, and my arms are <laughs> destroyed. Like, that's, it hurts. That's a lot of three pointers. Fifty three. So, they shot fifty three like, last night. This was a team that was playing within their identity and doing a good job. Um, I mean, like, case in point was the third quarter, and we were we were texting about this. And we were saying this is like something that we just need to withstand, and we did. And I, I was really impressed. They scored forty one points in the third. But then across all of the other quarters, 68 points combined. So like yeah. that that is a hell of a story to this game of, you know, they they got red hot in the third. There's not much you can do about that. Doesn't matter zone or man or whatever. You know, if a team is shooting like they were shooting, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough. Good offense beats good defense. Um, yeah, well, your your boy Cranjus McBasketball mm-hmm. um broke out that that they shot 49% on open or wide open threes and mm-hmm. 10% on tight or very very tightly contested threes. Yep. The problem was that they had like 30 something open. Yes, but or wide open threes but, and that was all in the third quarter. For sure, exactly. And it was it was part of those things like and that's good tape for us too. So I, I you know, we won the game and we have something to improve on. I think is always a good situation early in the series. Um but we we saw the way that they schemed and they executed it really well in the first half. They didn't execute it very well in the in the third quarter. Was the way that they were rotating, doubling, trapping, and then rotating back to the open shooter. And you're gonna get burned yeah. on some of those. Like that's just yeah. part of like if you're doubling Harden and you're trying to trap guys, they're gonna try and swing swing and get an open corner three. And eventually you're gonna have to decide: Do I guard Gordon or PJ Tucker? And it's it's a losing situation. One of yeah. them is probably going to hit the open three. That'll happen. Like, I think that we can concede some of that. It's just the way that you, it's like the effectiveness of the trap. If you can get steals from that and turn around and get a turnover, it's like that counteracts those those open threes. And I, I think that we did a really good job in that uh, the the first half and then a pretty good job in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, the, the other piece about the Rockets that I was thinking about is... I think that they have like a real dilemma hmm. with with Russell Westbrook. And it's yeah. like, yeah, totally. It's totally, like totally. the sound of music. It's like, how do you solve a problem like Russell Westbrook? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like he like you and I were texting last night and I was like, he got that fifth foul in the end of the third quarter. And I was like, dope, foul him out. Yeah. But then I thought about it and was like, wait a minute. No. No. Like, I want him because because. um I, I saw some some stats about this where basically the, they were like plus eight mm-hmm. without him on the court. Like, yep. the, like I, I truly believe that if we had played the Rockets without Russell Westbrook last mm-hmm. night, they probably would have won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, could, I could see that for sure. So I think that he's kind of this weird, like, like, 
as as kind of scary as he is as a fan to watch, I think, because mm-hmm. he's just like a wild man out there. Yeah. I think we kind of want him on the court a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if we're if, if we're playing defense the way that we were. Because like in, in that swing swing scenario that I was talking about, if you have everybody covered but Russell Westbrook for three and the paint is packed, it's like great. Now you get a Russell Westbrook three instead of a Russell Westbrook drive and kick. Yeah. Or or a PJ Tucker or you know, Gordon three or Harden three, that's the optimal situation. It, it, you know, ideally he'd be covered at least lo- loosely, but that's the guy you want shooting. Yeah. So let him shoot, man. I, yeah. I and, and I mean, the, I mean, the nice thing was that he is, I mean, look, he's a really selfish player. I, I like, I hate to put it so directly, but I think he's a super selfish player. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Durant would agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what you saw last night was, he didn't want to foul out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And LeBron just really took advantage of that. I know. It's great. And, and and what probably would have been better for his team was him playing hard D on LeBron, mm-hmm. fouling out, mm-hmm. and then letting like House come back in or someone who could actually totally. hit a jumper. Totally. And I don't know if the game would have ended the way it did if that had happened. So like, I'm pretty glad that he was just like, no, 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 I, I'm too important to foul out. I yeah. got to finish this game. Yeah. That was definitely a positive. And again, like getting Tucker and Russell Westbrook into foul trouble doesn't just open us up by potentially fouling them out. It limits their playing time and it gets them to play softer, especially around the rim. And that's exactly what we need from those two guys specifically. If they can't contest around the rim with their full athleticism because they're worried about picking up their fifth or sixth foul, like we're going to take them to the bank every single game. Totally. And can I just ask like, did did Westbrook like say something mean about LeBron's mom or something? Because like LeBron is chasing him down, yeah, and blocking these shots like with anger. I know, I know. Could you imagine those it, it, are in Staples Center? Oh, oh my god! The energy we I, would honestly, get. I, I'd be worried that like that we'd like that we'd like give Jack Nicholson a concussion or something. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> well, also, LeBron is swatting these into like the mothers and babies section. <laughs> like, some people have pointed out on some really funny clips with both Westbrook and Jimmy Butler uh-huh. uh, that both of these guys love to like bark at the at the at the crowd, right? Yeah. Yes. Totally. They love to turn and basically be like, "You motherfucker! You can't." fucking keep up right because like, that's like, the, that's the only way you can do it and not taunt get it like a taunting technical it's like if you're shouting at the crowd instead of the guy you're you're, you're allowed to get away with more but people have noticed uh-huh. that basically all they're doing is turning to the wives and babies oh my god of all of these <laughs> yeah no yeah, way yeah because remember the rule yeah children under like three feet are not allowed right so it's 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 literally wives with babies who are sitting there and these full-grown men are turning to the women and children section and being like, this motherfucker can't guard me. Like, oh, they're so taunting the other, they're taunting their opponent's wives no is what's happening. That's so funny. Oh, that's great. That's going to color the way I watch every single game in this bubble now. That's can you, so good. Can you imagine if you and I were playing basketball yeah. and I dunked on you and then just started talking mad shit at Marissa? Oh, 
God, yeah. Right, exactly. like if you did that to Diana, I'd be like, dude, come on, dog, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like maybe that's maybe that's why uh, LeBron is is playing him so hard. <laughs> he has to get him back for the sake of the women and children. For <laughs> the sake of the women and children, he's such a chivalrous man. That's really what's going on here. <laughs> oh, crazy! That's a good. That's a good insight, man. Love that. Yeah. Um. So, how about from the Lakers' perspective? What What do we see? What are you seeing? Yeah. So we we talked about this a little bit. The the defensive intensity that obviously that's been our calling card this whole year. You know, it's it just it just. Fits our motto, streetlights over spotlights. You know, <laughs> earned, not given. That's what that's what this Lakers team is no, all no, about. No, 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 no. We are spotlights over streetlights. Oh, oh, we right. are given over earned. Right. I thought that was I thought that was the team that uh that like didn't play their stars every night and like didn't yeah, like each yeah, other. Yeah. And... But I, I kinda wish that we had just taken that and totally embraced it and just flipped it. Yeah. Yeah, and been like, yeah, we're we're pretentious and and spoon fed. It's so funny because this this team's identity is not. They're so scrappy. It's so funny. It's so it's such a weird like. I don't know. They're they're trying. They're trying at least. The Clippers are trying. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I loved I love the way that we're trapping. I love the way that we're picking guys up full court in a smart way, not in a way that's gonna like open up another transition opportunity, but rather kind of like get under their skin and kind of hurt the flow a little bit more. We're riding guys more on their hips. I really like the way that we contested at the rim, especially against Harden. I thought that he had some trouble there. Um, and I I liked I liked our rebounding effort a lot more, but I still think that that's kind of the area that we can really improve. And that would be, yeah. that's kind of like the key to making this last game not scary. If we just, mm. if we just got our damn boards, it's like that's that's the yeah. the thing that gives us that 20 point cushion instead of that, you know, rapidly shrinking 15, 10, 3. Now they're up by five. Now they're up by seven. You know, like yeah. that that we need a cushion against this team because they get really hot and they can get really hot quickly. And if if that third quarter just happened in the fourth, it's we'd be, my, yeah, we yeah. toast. But the only the way to stop that is just rebounds. You know, just don't, no second yeah, chances. Don't, don't get, let PJ Tucker get those putbacks. Exactly. No putbacks, no rhythm, uh, you know, no like rhythm shots to like open up your three point just by seeing the ball go through the net and get your own offensive boards. I feel like offensive rebounding for the Lakers is huge. We saw that happen quite a bit this game where you just get that extra possession. And that was a big deal in the fourth because I thought we were able to eat a lot of clock. And that was just because mm, of offensive yeah. rebounding. And credit to Rondo too. Totally he got true. some good boards. So some key ones. Yeah. So. To me, like the Rockets getting an offensive rebound on a on a clanged three, mm-hmm. that's gonna happen, right? Like the, those rebounds, long shot, are pretty, long rebound. Yep. Yeah, like that's those are pretty 50-50. Totally. But like, man, anytime someone misses a layup, it's I just like will not accept that that they should be able yeah. to get and, that and, offensive. And board. credit to AD, I thought he was a lot more active on the boards. I thought his hands yeah. were a lot quicker. Um, he was yeah. more physical in there, and so he he stepped up, and he he had a hell of a game. I thought, and I love it because his his good games are anybody else's great game. And when he when he's 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 due for a great game, like a showstopper game. We need a forty or fifty pointer out of him. It's coming, it's coming, and it might come tomorrow. I I I could totally see it. I, I would love to go up two one against this this team just because they're they're flashy. They're we need a little bit of a cushion. That's why I was so frustrated with that game one loss, all that bullshit about how oh, we were feeling them out or whatever. It's like, come on, man, come to play, come yeah. prepare. Don't drop one. Don't be that. 
Don't be that way. Uh, I stopped but, watching almost like halfway through the fourth because I, I was like, we're losing this game and I'm just not yeah. going to. Yeah. Like this is. I went down with the ship. I was so mad. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep, man. Uh, stupid. But anyway, uh, let's see what else. Um, AD, AD is killing it from the mid range. Uh, six attempts per game, uh, shooting 61%. Um, Kawhi is like the next next best player, but he's shooting 47.5 on five attempts. So just to put that in perspective, I know like Kawhi's mid-range is real pretty, and you know as Laker fans, sometimes we you know, get frustrated at AD not playing like Shaquille O'Neal, but the dude is hitting for mid-range. We should accept that. That is a great... It's, a, it's another way to space the floor, too, for LeBron. If you have AD for the pick and pop at like the long corner... It's true. I mean, now there's another driving lane because AD could dish. AD could throw a lob to LeBron. Um, so I, I, I like what I'm seeing. We, we were talking about that in the in the pregame pod about just shoot over these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's such, a, such a frustrating team, man, that, like, that we're playing just because it's like the uh, and I, I'm and I know that every other team that's played the Rockets have felt this way where it's like, yeah, the weaknesses are so apparent. <laughs> just exploit yeah. them. It's easier to said than done because the Rockets are a very good team and I don't want to discount them for all that we're saying. I mean, they, they could, they could steal more games from us for sure, but I think, totally. I think we can, we can hold them off. Um, so yeah, anything else you want to add there, John? Um, a, a couple also, I guess I have a couple little fun, fun nuggets here. Cool. Um, so one is, you know, we've been talking about this, like, how does Rondo cast this spell over everybody? Mm-hmm. How is it that everyone is just so enamored with him still at this point in his career? Mm-hmm. And I think that I found the answer. Mm. I, I heard this nugget. I don't remember where. But Rondo's brother is in charge of the barbershop in the bubble. No way. Really? Yes. Oh, I don't cool. think he's the barber, but I think he, like, manages the barbers. Okay. I think he's, like, slipping players something. I don't know if it's a substance. I don't know if he's giving him some kind of Rondo potion mm-hmm. or if he's just like paying his barbers to talk up Rondo. Mm-hmm. Right. And every time Mark Jackson sits in the chair, just be like, hey, man, you see Rondo? Mm-hmm. Rondo's killing it. Mm-hmm. Ron- you know, like, hey, man, next one's free if you talk up Rondo on the broadcast. I can see it. I think this is what's happening. Yeah. I think that he's working the barber angle. Hey, man, that's that's the best Ch- way to chopping get it up. Total saturation. Everybody's got to go to the barber. Yeah. It's true. So, so there's that. Um, the, the one other thing I gotta say mm-hmm. is these rocket jerseys are trash. Trash. Awful. They're so bad. Like real bad. Like the 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 ones they were wearing the game one. Yeah. Like, like you could make a cool H Town jersey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it was like H Town, and then had a little Rockets patch underneath the Nike logo, mm-hmm. and then had the weird Rocket logo like on the side mm-hmm. it, it literally looked like someone just like cut and pasted elements of a rockets jersey onto them yep you know yep. it looked like how i decorated my binders in elementary school with stickers or something awesome you know <laughs> do you think it was an executive that was like mm, i don't like this whole h-town thing we got to make make sure people know it's the rockets the iconic <laughs> no, brand of the rockets i kind of think that we're about to see a big rebrand for them mm-hmm like that's that would be my guess. My guess is that they realized that they needed to move away from the the like kind of Yao Ming era yeah. look with that like kind of dual arc mm-hmm. and the, the 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 like rocket with the thruster logo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they wanted to move to something that was like a little more, um, a little more timely, right? Like a little less cartoony, a little less two thousands. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they're going to go back to more of an older style logo, like their mm-hmm. old kind of orange rocket, like the ball logo. Mm-hmm. So my guess would be that yeah. they're going to do that, but that they needed something when the Nike jerseys came out to mm-hmm. like refresh a little bit. And so mm-hmm. they just kind of threw this crap together and said, okay, whatever. Totally. We'll, we'll sell some of these jerseys and then we'll sell a few more in a couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, they're they, so they, bad. They're, they're real bad. They look real bad. They're real bad. <laughs> totally with you. Um, I, I One other quick thing. I, I feel like we should talk about the uh, AD LeBron um, connection that we have here. Uh, yeah. A cool cool little stat is that the Lakers are 16-1 and one when AD and LeBron combine for 60 points, 60-plus 60 points, and that's including the playoffs here. So if our two superstars are scoring like superstars, we're going to win. It's like it's not not huge, not a huge um, revelation, but it it really does it really does show that like if those two guys are active, it's it's going to be hard to beat this team. And I'm that 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 makes me feel better after that game one loss. That it's like <laughs> okay, I think we're going to be all right because this is the second best record. So like minimum fifteen games of of this kind of situation for a duo. This is the second best. Um, any guess on who is the number one duo in NBA history? I mean, it's the it's it's the it's the greatest duo in NBA history. It's Kobe and Shaq, the best one-two punch ever. Yep, and that was a ninety-five point two winning percentage. And um, it's, it's close. I yep. mean, AD and LeBron could could I think pass them. Yeah, it's t- totally possible, especially if if we um, if we see this LeBron that we've seen, which I think we're going to. I mean. Shouts to the LeBron fans that have tried to teach Laker fans what to expect, and we've just ignored them the entire way. Yeah, like, they've been right. They've been totally right. They know what they're talking about. LeBron in a black jersey. LeBron with any amount of, you know, spite. elimination pressure or spite. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different. Or chivalry, if he's trying to defend the women and children. <laughs> to quote Kobe, same beast, different animal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, interestingly, I think that this this point of them scoring 60 Mm-hmm. I think it's actually for the playoffs going to be more a factor of minutes. Yeah. Because I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that they both averaged in the mid to high twenties per mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. playing like 30 minutes a game. Yeah. So it seems only natural to me that if they ever start creeping up into the 40 minutes a game yeah. realm, which, which thankfully they haven't really had to do yet. Mm-hmm. If they ever get to that point, like them both, them combined not scoring 60 would be pretty surprising. Yes, absolutely. And that that's one of the things that gives me and should give all Laker fans a little bit of pause and a little bit of positivity. Uh, if we're in a game seven situation, LeBron and AD are playing like the entire game. And we haven't yeah. seen that yet. And hopefully we don't have to see that. I mean, I ideally the whole year we don't even see that. But in that situation, our lineups will be better than your lineups the entire game. And right. so there's a gear we have not gone to yet. Totally. Absolutely. It, we can't. Maybe we maybe one or two more gears. Um, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we don't never even get to that point. But right. that would be great. And that, that's sometimes what makes it really frustrating. Dropping that game one. It's like, guys, like just push it, push the pedal a little bit. But at the same yeah. time, this team knows who they are. We they have more playoff experience than I do. So as just barely. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> formerly one of the most winningest coaches of all time, Luke Walton. 
for a brief brief span. <laughs> um, right. So next game, game yeah. three is Tuesday night cool. at 6 p.m. on TNT. Tomorrow. Um, it's every other night. It's great. So we got Tuesday, Thursday this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we know that there will be a game five. So yep. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, at least. And then we'll, we'll see from there. Cool. Lakers and five. Said it before. Say it again. <laughs> All right, Jago, this is fun. Um, I want to invite all of our listeners uh, to please subscribe to the pod. And uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. Russell Westbrook is just Patrick Beverly with a screen printing machine. (laughs) What did did Alex say? Giannis is Wesley Johnson with a gym membership. <laughs> oh no, I no, saw no. Someone... no, it was better. It was better. Giannis is Wesley Johnson with muscle milk. With muscle milk, that's right. I saw someone call him Mykonos Kid Kilchrist. <laughs> oh god. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> I don't believe that for the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jago. Talk to See you ya. soon, man. Later.